ladies, and welcome to the Amazing Bible Dot Book Club. I am Julie Callio, your host, and thanks so much for taking time out of your busy schedules to tune in with me today. If by chance you want to contact me, you can do that at theab.bc.pc at gmail.com. Today we are beginning the book of Jeremiah. He is what is known as a classical prophet because he has a book of the Bible named after him. I have also heard it called a later prophet or a latter prophet, L-A-T-T-E-R. This is in contrast to the former prophets or the pre-classical prophets like Elijah and Elisha who do not have books of the Bible named after them. If you remember, the Christian Old Testament Bible is split up into five sections. The books of Moses are also known as the Torah, or the Torah, or the Law, or the Pentateuch, which means five scrolls. Then there are the books of history, which have 12 books, and these tell the history of the Jews from Joshua taking the Promised Land through the turbulent times of the judges, which is why the people asked for a king. The first king was Saul, the second king, King David, his son with Bathsheba was Solomon, and during his reign, the kingdom was at its largest. After Solomon, the kingdom divided into northern ten tribes of Israel, and the two southern tribes were called Judah, and Benjamin was also a part of that southern tribe. The northern tribes never had a good or a godly king, and so they were taken over by Assyria in 722 BC. The southern tribe was taken over by Babylon in 586 or 587 BC. The Israelites were taken into exile, and then when the Persians and the Medes overtook Babylon, King Cyrus allowed the Jews to come back to Jerusalem. With Ezra, they rebuilt the temple of Jerusalem, and with Nehemiah, they rebuilt the walls of Jerusalem. This ends the Old Testament story of the nation of Israel. The next section of the Old Testament is called the Books of Poetry. It is a collection of five pieces, and these were people's expressions of what God was doing in the lives of the people of Israel. Many were written by King David or King Solomon, and these were written throughout the history of the Jews. Now we are in the section of the Old Testament Bible called the Major Prophets. These have five books, and the last section is the Minor Prophets. There are 12 books. The Major and Minor Prophets were prophets during the time of the Split Kingdom, exile to either Assyria or Babylon, and the post-exile, like during Ezra and Nehemiah's time. As I explained before about the major prophets, this does not mean that they are more special. It just means that they are mainly pretty long books of the Bible, unlike the minor prophets, which are a lot smaller. For instance, Obadiah has just one chapter. Also keep in mind that in the New Testament, the prophet that is used to represent the prophets is usually Elijah. For instance, on the Mount of Transfiguration in Matthew 17, Jesus was there with Moses, the lawgiver, and Elijah, the prophet. Elijah is a main prophet, but he does not have a book named after him, so he therefore is not a major prophet. 
I say all of that to say that we will still sing our verse of the Old Testament prophets. But the writer of this song, especially this verse, took poetic license with this phrase, the greatest of them all, because technically that's not true. But they are amazing books, though. So let's sing. Hmm. Let us sing the major prophets, major prophets, major prophets. Let us sing the major prophets, the greatest of them all. Isaiah, Jeremiah, who wrote Lamentations. Ezekiel and Daniel, who were true to their God. Now, Isaiah, the first major prophet, was during the time when the northern tribe Israel were taken over by Assyria. He died during the reign of King Hezekiah of the southern kingdom, Judah. During King Hezekiah's reign, Judah became a vassal nation to Assyria. Vassal is spelled V-A-S-S-A-L. Basically, what that means is they are under contract that if they pay tribute money to Assyria, they can stay in power, quote-unquote, of their own country. If they don't, then Assyria will come and demolish them. Assyria actually tried, but did not succeed because Hezekiah and Isaiah prayed. One thing to understand about a vassal contract This is not two equal countries. This is one powerful one over a smaller and weaker one. After the good king Hezekiah died, then came King Manasseh, his son, who started out bad and then turned to good. His son, King Amon, had a very short two-year reign, which was a good thing because he was a bad king of Israel. And then the last good king of Israel began to reign, and his name was Josiah. Now, when I say good king and bad king, I mean they were good if they followed the Lord and his ways, and they were bad when they chose not to. We learn in Jeremiah chapter 1, verses 1 and 2, that it was in the 13th year of Josiah's reign, the son of Ammon, king of Judah, that Jeremiah, the son of Hilkiah, of the priest, which shows us his job, of the priest who were in Anathoth, which shows us his town, in the land of Benjamin, which shows us his tribe, received a word of the Lord, we see Jeremiah's calling. As one of my study Bibles explained, quote, The history of the kingdom of Judah after the death of Solomon and the division of his kingdom has been seen as four religious declines and three revivals. Josiah, who reigned 640 to 609 BC, was the last good king. In his reign occurred the well-known final revival occasioned by the finding of the scroll of the law. After this, Judean history is one of constant political, moral, and religious decline culminating in the Babylonian exile. This decline occurred during the time of the ministry of the prophet of Jeremiah. End of quote. We then see in Jeremiah chapter 1 verse 3 that the word of the Lord came also to Jeremiah in the days of Jehoiakim, 
the son of Josiah, king of Judah, until the end of the eleventh year of Zedekiah, the son of Josiah, king of Judah, until the exile of Jerusalem in the fifth month. Ladies, since I am not a huge history buff, that seems to be enough history for today, but we'll tear it down as we go through the book. So let's take a look at the call of Jeremiah, which is found in the rest of chapter 1. The word of the Lord came to me, saying, This shows us that Jeremiah is the author of the book. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. And before you came out of the womb, I sanctified you. I have appointed you a prophet to the nations. This passage shows us that the Lord does speak. The question is, are we listening, ladies? Also, we know because of the Psalms that the Lord has formed each of us in the womb and he knew us before we were born. Psalm chapter 139. Then the passage continues before Jeremiah was born, he was sanctified, which means to be, consecrate, dedicate, hollow, purify, and other definitions. He was also appointed or ordained by God to be a prophet. And he was not just a prophet to Judah, but to the nations. In this, we see what is called God's sovereignty. He is creator, ruler, all-powerful, and he does have a plan, and that plan will be accomplished. God set apart Jeremiah for his part to play. Ladies, I do believe that God created each of us for a purpose. Most of us are not called to be a prophet to the nations, and maybe I should say hallelujah for that, but he has something for us to do. The question is, will we join the Lord in what he's doing or not? Jeremiah responds to his calling, Alas, Lord God, I don't know how to speak because I am young. The Lord replies, Don't say I am a youth, because everywhere I send you, you shall go, and all that I command you, you shall speak. Do not be afraid of them, for I am with you to deliver you, declares the Lord. Dr. Betts in my Old Testament class said, quote, This is God's answer. Don't make your excuses. Just go do what I'm calling to tell you to do. Many times, that is God's answer to us. Quit complaining and go do it. End of quote. In my Bible, I have. Do not say you are old with a smiley face. One thing we will see as we read this book, people did not like Jeremiah's message. The Babylonians are coming. The Babylonians are coming. Repent. They did not treat him well. But God told Jeremiah that God will deliver him. We will see throughout these books of prophets, which is also what we have seen throughout the Old Testament, God blesses those who follow him and those that do not will bring judgment upon themselves. And this is called the retribution principle. In verse 9, we see the Lord stretched out his hand and touched Jeremiah's mouth. Now we do not know if this is a dream or a vision like Isaiah's vision found in chapter 6 of his book or if it was an angel. But the Lord touched his mouth and said, 
Behold, I have put my words in your mouth. See, I have appointed you this day over the nations and over the kingdoms to pluck up and to break down, to destroy and to overthrow, to build and to plant. According to my Old Testament textbook, A Survey of the Old Testament by Hill and Walton, they say, The purpose and message of the book are summarized in one verse in the call of Jeremiah, this verse. These six verbs recur in key places throughout the book as Jeremiah proclaims the word of the Lord, end of quote. And we find them in chapter 18, verses 7 through 10, chapter 24, verses 6 and 7, and chapter 31, verse 28. Jeremiah then sees two visions. The first is a rod of an almond tree, and this represents God's plan is beginning. The second is a boiling pot facing away from the north, and this vision shows that God is bringing people, a nation, from the north to bring destruction to Judah and Jerusalem because of their sinfulness. Then again, the Lord commands Jeremiah to gird up his loins, that means get ready to go, and arise and speak what he has commanded. Do not be afraid before them, or I will dismay you before them. This shows us that Jeremiah has a choice. Then the Lord says to Jeremiah, Now behold, I have made you today as a fortified city and as a pillar of iron and as walls of bronze against the whole land to the kings of Judah, its rulers, to its princes, its leaders, to its priests, its religious leaders, and to the people of the land, the Jews. They will fight against you, but they will not overcome you, for I am with you to deliver you, declares the Lord. And it says in the New Testament with the Apostle Paul in his letter to the Romans in chapter 8, verse 31, What then shall we say in response to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? God called Jeremiah and God protected Jeremiah. It wasn't easy. In like manner, if God has called us, he will equip us. He will not leave us. It won't be easy, but he will be with us. So ladies, what about you? What has God called you to do? Number one, if you don't know him and you've never heard his voice, then pray and ask the Lord to forgive you of your sins and to ask him to come into your heart. If you know the Lord, then what is he calling you to do? For Jeremiah, he was to be a prophet to the nations. For the Apostle Paul in Romans, in chapter 11, verse 13, he was called to be the apostle to the Gentiles. Maybe you are called to start a women's ministry or teach a Sunday school class or vacation Bible school or maybe start a new ministry. I was called to start this podcast and for now I know I must go through the entire Bible this year. After that, I have no clue. But each of our callings are unique and with me being as old as I am, at various times in my life, God has called me to do various things. Now it's to do a podcast. 
Jesus' disciple Peter wrote in his second letter in chapter 1 that God has given us everything we need that pertains to life and godliness through his son Jesus Christ. And then in verse 10 it says, Therefore, brethren and sisters, give diligence to make your calling and election sure. For if you do these things, you shall never fall. What things does Peter list? We are to be people who grow in faith, virtue, knowledge, self-control, patience, godliness, kindness, and love. The more we know the Lord, And the more we walk in obedience, the more we will be like him. And these qualities will come through in our lives. So ladies, if you hear his voice today, don't harden your hearts like the northern tribe of Israel and like the southern tribe of Judah. Instead, let's be women who obey like Jeremiah. Until next time, and thank you so very much for listening.